Come on, everybody. Come on, Jesus is Lord. No matter what's going on in your life right now, this morning, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is working in you, dwelling in you. He is good and he does good, the psalmist said. The song that we just sang is really a prophetic declaration from Numbers chapter 6 where Moses told his brother Aaron the high priest and he said take these words and prophesy them over the people and put my name on the people this is how I want you to bless my people say these words the power of the word of God over your life we prophesy this song his favor his blessing coming and going all around you makes no difference what's trying to come against you his favor is for you come on all y'all at the house give it up for the band and the singers this morning we are glad that you have been with us so far we're gonna have a great great morning we're continuing a series of lessons today man called finding finding strength in the middle of a struggle that's what's going on in our life right now where many of us are in a struggle we're in a difficult season we're in a hard time with what's happening right now in the world uh, even though that you're walking by faith and living by faith and moving by faith we do realize that there are challenges that we all are dealing with and we're facing and we have found that we can find strength in the struggle uh, today, uh, th this morning, uh, we're going to actually be uh, uh, starting in the book of Peter, 1 Peter. He's got two books that he actually wrote. He was a disciple of Jesus Christ. And what we're going to be finding, not only this morning, but next week as well, we're going to be looking at things that Peter actually wrote to some Christians who had been dispersed. They were actually in a place called Asia Minor in the modern day uh, area of Turkey. And what we're going to find is that there was great suffering and great persecution going on in the church at the time in these people he was writing this letter to. And, and it kind of sounds like what's going on right now in our life. I mean, their persecution was a whole lot different than us just being quarantined and staying at home. And, and as awful as, as COVID-19 is uh, and the coronavirus and all the things that have happened, uh, it was a whole lot worse uh, here that Peter's writing in 1 Peter chapter First. Uh, uh, Second Peter, I should say. Uh, he's got five chapters that he's writing, and he's writing again to these people that have been dispersed. And, and actually, if you know a little bit about church history, is that later on, Nero actually burned the, the city down, and, and, and Peter was actually uh, crucified, many believe, upside down. Peter was a martyr for his faith in Jesus Christ. And, and what, what we're going to find in this in this letter that Peter wrote to these people that were dealing with just tough, tough times, was that he was talking to them, what we're going to study today, he was talking to them about keeping full of hope. Come on, wherever you're at right now, let me, let me encourage you. Lean in for the next 30 minutes or so, because I just want to in, in, infuse your soul with hope. So, so wherever you're at, if you're by yourself, come on, pat yourself on the leg and just tell yourself, keep full of hope. Come on, chat that. 
<laughs> Put that in the, in the message. We, we, we want to be people full of hope. Look at your friend there if you're with your family and just point to them and say, keep full of hope. We need to be hopeful people even in the middle of some crazy, crazy times. Uh, th th this, this letter that, that Peter's writing is really how to deal with suffering. And one of the things we're going to look at, we're going to read four scriptures in a row, and then we're going to talk about these four scriptures because they all deal with hope. And hope, again, if you've been with us for it all, maybe you're new listening uh, this morning, but, but hope doesn't mean cross your fingers and just wish for the best. Bible hope actually means a confident expectation that Jesus, that God, is going to do something that he already said in his word he would do for you. I have an expectation that God's going to come through. I have an expectation that his word is going to work. I have an expectation that God is going to turn this situation around. Do you have that right there wherever you're listening? You can. So come on, lean in. Come on, get something to write with. We want to hear you chat it up for us. Come on, give us some fist pumps. Give us some high fives. Give us some confetti. I don't know if you need to do that, but may may maybe. Let me read you these four scriptures. They're going to be on the screen behind me, and I'm sure you're going to be able to read them. 1 Peter 1.3, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.13, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self control. Put all your hope into the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. 1 Peter 1, 21. Through Christ you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Last scripture, you're doing good so far. 1 Peter 3, 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Four scriptures. In these four scriptures, the only four that in Peter's writing, in this letter that he uses the word hope. And I want you to connect the suffering that maybe you're dealing with, stay at home, maybe loss of income, maybe health scare, you don't know what the future's going to hold. Uh, I, I talked to a dad a couple weeks ago who's got three small children, and he's not necessarily fearful for himself, but a little bit fearful, a little bit anxious, a little bit worried about what his children is going to look like for them in the years ahead. And this scripture is really, or excuse me, this text, uh, these scriptures that we're reading in this, this, these five chapters that Peter wrote is really trying to connect you and I to your current suffering and the hope that God is giving you. So again, lean in this morning, write some notes. I believe it's going to help you. The first thing that we see that in the scripture that we read was this, a living hope comes by the new birth. Come on, say that out loud wherever you're at around your home, around your office. Maybe you can mumble it. Maybe you're watching on YouTube later. Come on, a living hope comes 
by the new birth. In other words, this, this, this hope is in your life to live your life as a believer. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, now you have a living hope to go through life differently than you did before you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The Christian is supposed to go through life differently than the non-believer. And if you're a non-believer, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you other than you just don't believe yet. And we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service, and I hope you make that prayer. Uh, let me read you something uh, uh, that I want to, it's lengthy, so I actually have it. Uh, you're going to follow along on the screen behind me because I, I wanted, I, I read this and it was so powerful for me that I've read it many, many times before, but I wanted to give it to you so that you could actually hear me, but also see it as well. The New Testament Greek scholar by the name of Kenneth Wiest, he observed that this hope, this living hope, this hope is an energizing principle of divine life in the believer. I'm going to slow down there. This living hope is an energizing principle of divine life in the believer. He said it, it is a mindset of expectancy. The, the, the believer now has a mindset of expecting something good, expecting something different, expecting something to change. Again, because of what Jesus has done for you in the new birth. He says this, it's a mindset of expectancy, both for the future glories of heaven and for present blessings, simply because we are God's children. How good is that? He goes on to say, and he continues, the Christian looks forward to the inheritance awaiting him in heaven and a hopefulness of present blessings from God in this life in view of the eternal blessedness of the believer in the next life. Come on, hold the phone. Let's just talk about that for a second. What, what, what Weist is saying in this word, in this living hope, in this hope that we have now, is that since God is going to be so good to you and he has been so good to you in this life, what is it going to be in the next life? What is waiting for you in heaven? You have a living hope. Come on, put that in the message. Chat that. Talk to your friends there, wherever you're listening. You have a living hope. Cheer up. It's going to turn. It's all good. Come on. He goes on to say, a child of God has no right to look on the dark side of things and to look for the worst to happen. As the object of God's care and love, he has the right to look for the best to come to him and to look on the bright side of things. I love that. Reading that gives me hope in God's hope. So let me finish this thought by this, saying this. If you're looking at life through the lens of Scripture, things aren't getting darker, they're getting brighter. Can somebody say amen out there? Uh, you might be looking around and going, hey, uh, uh, Gary, come on, wh where you been? You, you, 
you pull your head out of the sand. Come on, San Diego, we, we've been quarantined. We, 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 come on, it, it ain't good in the hood. We, come on, we got no toilet paper. We, it, it's changed, and, and I got laid off, and, and the, the kids are home, and we're trying to navigate, you know, homeschool now and, and online classes, and, and I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in my health coverage or whatever is going on. Listen, how can you say that? Because, listen, you're looking at your life through the lens of Earth's stuff, and not heaven stuff. Look at your life and look at the hope God's given you through the lens of Scripture. The writer of Proverbs says this, the path of the righteous is like a light dawning. It just shines brighter and brighter until the full day, simply meaning our life isn't growing darker and darker and dimmer and dimmer and more depressed and more depressed. It's getting brighter and brighter and brighter, the writer says, until the day dawns, meaning until Jesus comes back or until you go to heaven. Your life should grow in progression, in brightness, not in darkness because of who Jesus Christ is. Is. Come on, I'm about to run up in here this morning. I, I believe this with all my heart. I, I'm a, I, I, am a, I, I am a hopeful person. I am an optimistic person. I, I, I think that not necessarily because of personality type, but just because of choice. And I think you can choose to be a person of hope and expectation. Again, because you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And he gives you a living hope. Christ is our hope. Listen, no Jesus, no hope. With Jesus, great hope. So the question would be, do you know Jesus? I mean, really know. Not, not know about him, not got a cross, not got a bumper sticker, not been to church, not pray the rosary, not come, you know, Christmas and Easter to church. And, and if you're online with this, man, we're glad you are. But, but you're, you're just not kind of around it. I mean, like you're in it. Now, now, if you're on the outskirts, we want you on the, I can't say the inskirts because that doesn't make sense. But we want you in. And when we're all back together, we want you with us. Uh, but, but listen to me. <laughs> the scripture is real clear. When you got Jesus... You have hope. Christ is our hope. Let us hear from you this morning. Put that in the chat. Jesus is our hope. The second thought that Peter actually writes in the second scripture, we'll talk about this, where he mentions the word hope. Here's the big thought. This hope affects your mind and your actions. The hope that you have in who he is will affect your mind and affect your actions. In other words, what you think on will affect your life. I hope you realize that. Hey, students, what you think on is going to affect your life. <laughs> Young people, what you think on is going to affect your life. Married people, how, what you mind, how you mind your mind will affect what you do if you're a person of hope or you're a person of, uh, of not so much hope. And it's interesting, Peter says this, because Jesus is coming. He says that because Jesus is coming. He's coming again. He says, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. So isn't it interesting? He says, do something in light of Jesus coming again. And by the way, this was written a couple thousand years ago. So he says, in light of Jesus is coming again, you got to do something with your earth experience. You have got to prepare your mind for action. And you have to exercise constantly self-control. What kind of self-control? Pushing back from the table? Well, that's all good for all of us in quarantine time. Can I get an amen out there? But he's talking about what you do exercising self-control with what you think on, 
or how you think about whatever you are thinking on. So question I have for you. Is the filter that you think through one of hope or one of discouragement? The filter you think through. Is it more one of hope or one more of discouragement? Like, like are you right now in this, in this pandemic? Are you, it's never going to get back. And I'm never going to, and this is always going to affect me. And, and this is going to be, 2020 is going to, I'm going to remember this, the worst year of my life. I didn't get to walk down the aisle. I didn't graduate. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't get to do this. And I had to push off the engagement or the marriage. Or I, I, didn't, I, I was up for the promotion of the bonus. And, and that, got ha- that got whacked because the economy took a dive. And I, I thought I was going to get the house and all the money dried up. And, and I didn't even get my, come on, I didn't even get my stimulus money. Shout out. <laughs> Is the filter you think through hope or discouragement? Do you wake up in the morning and it's always dark? It's always cloudy? Are you always you that person that you're always waiting for something negative to happen so you can say, I knew it. I knew it. Listen, the, 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 the hope, this hope in Christ affects your mind and it will then affect your actions. It'll affect what you do in your life and what you believe in your life. So again, are you more of an up person or a down person? Again, it's not a personality type. It's a mind it's a thought it's it's who you have become and you really can change that and so I'm wondering if right now in our in the world and and in America and where we're living at right now in Southern California and and everybody kind of dealing with what they're dealing with and we're still kind of quarantined and we're not you know told some there's some opportunity to go to the beach now and do some different things but are are we going to waste this time Are we going to squander this time that we can actually begin working on some things in our own life that are going to better us to serve Jesus and realize who he is even in the midst of a crazy circumstance? Again, I really don't believe that we get stronger when it's easy. We really get stronger when there's adversity coming against us. And this could be the greatest time in your life to be a person of hope and push against anything coming against you or your family, and the future that God has for you. Where do you spend most of your mental energy? Again, if, we, if you just kind of went, went to that space and, and you, just, you just aren't thinking, are you, are you uh, hopeful? Are, are you hopeful or, or are you hopeless? Again, we look at what's happening. We look at what's going on right now. And, and are we fearful? Are we negative? Are we, are, are we critical? Are we, are, we, are we withdrawn right now? Or are we, are we going to be people of hope? Uh, last week we talked about David and Ziklag. And, and man, they come back and the whole city's burned. And, and David had to do something crazy, we found out last week. He had to learn how to strengthen himself in the Lord. He, he encouraged himself in the Lord. When everybody else was talking about stoning him, they went toward him and he went toward God. Where are you going right now? Are you looking for somebody else to pick you up? And listen, they can only pick you up so much. You have got to find your strength in the struggle, in the hope you can find in the person, Jesus Christ. 
I, I was thinking, you know, based on this scripture and kind of what it says, uh, prepare your minds for, for action. You know, right now there's a real big push, and we've seen it in the exercise community mainly, and, and, and people that are eating lean and meal preps, right? So that's a big thing with meal preps. We see that. And then if you've got a child that's going to be going toward college, we, we start prepping our kids for college. They take preparatory uh, tests to get them in different schools, the SAT, etc. Uh, and then sometimes we, you know, we prep our clothes for work. We prepare. We prep them for work. We clean them. Sometimes we set them out. If you've got small kids and they're of that age, you set out their clothes the night before so they can get up and they can start dressing themselves. Well, Peter tells us that's all good, right? But, but you need to spend some time prepping your mind. Prep your mind for action. Do something allowing hope to stir up in you. And if you find yourself going down a dark alley, you grab yourself and say, I will not think about that. Look at who Christ is. Look at what he's done. Look at who he is in my life. Look at what the scriptures say. And find and recount the deeds of the Lord for yourself. I really believe this is that your mind needs to be prepared, then controlled to think in line with the word of God. Again, do not bypass the preparation time. It is impossible to bypass the preparation time. You will never control yourself until you prepare yourself. You will never control your mind until you prepare your mind. So fill your mind, my prayer for you today is that you would fill your mind with hope. In the middle of the struggle, in the middle of the suffering, in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of difficulty, that you would find time and you would begin preparing your mind and filling your mind with hope, a living hope. It's in a person, Jesus Christ. I really believe this, what the scripture says, and I'm passionate about it, even the older I get, is that there really is no fear in our future. There might be uncertainty, but there shouldn't be any fear. I really believe this, is that God's hope, God's hope attaches you to heaven's blessings and earth's joys. That's really what Peter's telling us. The hope that you have is going to attach you to heaven's blessings and earth's joys. I, I, you probably need that, and I do too. That's why Jesus wants you to do something with your mind and do something to exercise it in self-control. Uh, the third scripture that we read says this, the key point, is that the resurrection is the basis of our hope. The, the resurrection is the basis of the believer's hope. Again, the believer has nothing to fear. All throughout the scripture, someone said 365 times in the scripture, there's a phrase used that, that really actually says a couple, you know, the same thing a couple different ways. It says, do not be afraid or, or fear not. Uh, about 365 times, I haven't counted them to be honest with you. <laughs> I believe what these other guys have said. 
uh, but maybe one for every day. And if, if it's not 365 times, we actually do know the thought from the scripture is really true. Peter says this, that we placed our faith and hope in God because he raised Jesus from the dead. So our faith and hope is in God because he raised Jesus from the dead. So the resurrection is the basis of our hope. If, there, if Christ wasn't raised, the scripture is real clear. You're not going to be raised. But since he was raised, you will be raised. Uh, years ago when I was in the uh, denominational church, and uh, we actually sang a song quite regularly, and, and some of y'all will probably remember it. It's called Great Is Thy Faithfulness, and, and we're going to sing it here in a little bit. we got the band, got Kimberly and the band's going to work on it. I've already kind of let them, let them know I want to sing this and maybe an updated version, uh, but, but it, it's the part of that phrase, and I've been singing it kind of all week. Part of the phrase said this, and let, let me kind of sing it for you. I, I, I know I know y'all are getting ready to, to, to kind of like start, start wanting me to be on the band and then the singing group up here, but I, I, I'm just going to stick to preaching. But here's what it says. Strength for today, right? And bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 besides. God gives you, right? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And he says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, Right? Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Man, uh, uh, li listen, today, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you have hope and you have a bright future. You have strength because of Jesus Christ. So again, the big picture is this, because Jesus was raised from the dead, you will be raised at death. There is no fear. Uh, my mom, I don't think she's listening today. She doesn't go on the internet. She's in Tennessee. Love you, mom. She's going to be 86 here on June 3rd. Love her, man. She's doing it. She's amazing. She really was instrumental in my walk with Jesus Christ. Prayed for me when I was 20 to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, I love my mom. Taught me to love God and love the Word of God and my dad. Uh, uh, man, I had great, great parents. Uh, but uh, I tell you, I, last time I was there earlier in this year, this January, I think, and she's, you know, 85 and she's coming up on 86. And we just started talking about death. And, and, and some of you all, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> that's an uncomfortable discussion. And can, can, I, can I just prod you a little bit? Why? Why would talking about death be uncomfortable for the believer? Who knows where they're going at death? There is no fear in death. Listen, I don't want to be morbid. I don't want to be sound, uh, sound crude and sound uncaring. But if you die of corona, who cares if you know Jesus? Heaven awaits you. Now, now listen, I want you to live long. And, I, and the scripture's real clear. And I, I want that and I believe that. But, but let's say it doesn't work that way. Praise God. God, you have your eternal reward. You are going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. The resurrection is the basis of our hope. Can you say amen and amen? Heaven is waiting for every Christian. I don't think that we need to be clawing to the earth on the way to heaven. The mindset of the believer needs to be loose, loosing, 
letting go, shrugging off. Uh, Paul says this, he says, it's like, I'm going to take off this garment and put on another garment. That's what's waiting for us, to be clothed in new glory. Listen, what a great hope. So it's not just everything here. And we become so earthbound and so, so sightbound and so feeling bound because that's all we know. But listen, heaven is waiting for you. You have nothing to fear so you can be a person of great hope. The Apostle Paul said this, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. That's where you really are from and that's where you're going to go back to. He says, we're eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies. Maybe we could say our weak mortal quarantine bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. The scripture says you one day are going to look just like Jesus. Have great Hope in that reality. Peter writes, in the middle of your current struggle and suffering, in the, in the current economic downturn, have great hope that life just isn't about this life, but is setting you up for the next life. Uh, the fourth scripture, and we're almost done. You've done real good this morning. The fourth scripture, just simply, Peter concludes it, we read it in chapter 3, is this thought. This hope is too good to be silent. And what Peter's actually saying is that you need to tell everybody what God has done for you. What he's saying is that you need to give everyone an answer to why you serve Jesus Christ. This hope is just too good to be silent. You, you just can't be a, you can't just be an isolated in a closet Christian. You can't just be withdrawn. Right now, I believe more and more people, and not only in our community, but the world, are open to hearing about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. So listen to me. You need to be bold. You need to be uh, uh, engaging. You need to be talking to people online and phoning and Facebook. FaceTime and Zoom and, and whatever you're doing, DMing people and telling them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Give everyone an answer to why you serve Jesus. And what Peter actually says is this. He says, do it with love. Do it with respect. Do it with kindness. Do it with gentleness. Do it with honor. Do it with compassion. Do it with dignity. Can I say this? No mean Christians. If you're a mean Christian, if you're a judgmental Christian, if you're a condemning Christian, you need to quarantine yourself. <laughs> Come on, you need to get a new thought. You need to get a new, new vision because that is not the God life. That is not the Jesus life. He wants you to share your faith in a way that is not condemning, in a way that's not critical, in a way that's not nasty, in a way that's not negative, in a way that's not hurting. <laughs> Peter says, you, since you have a hope in where you're going, you need to be a dispenser of that hope for other people. Uh, we regularly around here, help me out, Aaron, will you? Uh, regularly around here, we just tell people this all the time. And it, we, I'm so glad that you're listening. And, and if you're not a part of Spectrum, that when we get a chance to open the doors, we hope you come and hang out with us for a while. 
and see what we're all about face to face. Peter says, man, you just got to be ready to give a defense for the gospel. Talk, talk about it. Tell your story. We just, we just say all the time, tell your story. Everybody's got a story. How did you find Jesus? I used to be a drug addict. I was a homosexual. I was a lesbian. Or I, I did this and I did that. Or I, 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 I was bankrupt and I came to the end. And I, I, I was real good. I was, a, I was a good guy. I went to church all the time, but I didn't know God. Tell your story. Just tell, tell people who you were and what you are all about. God is good. He changes all of our lives. And a lot of us are, 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 are on the journey. And we're still, we're still getting free from, from maybe some tanglements. And God is going to work with you. So be a person of hope that God's not done with you. He's not done with me. And I've been in the game for 40 years now or so. He's not done. He's still working on me. I like the t-shirt that somebody said. We're all under construction. And so are you. So what we tell people around a church, and if you, if you come and, and you're a part of us here at the church, we, we want you to come through a thing called Growth Track. And it's a four-step class and get you engaged and find out what we're all about and your gift and talent and ability and, and get you serving and doing something for Jesus Christ. But we'll, we'll talk to you during that class and, and we'll, say, uh, we'll say this on how do you share your faith. And number one, we want you to do this, is accept the personal responsibility. Everybody needs to take personal responsibility to, to share your faith with people in your realm of influence. Your family, your co-workers, your friends. Take the personal responsibility right now. Right now, this week, and maybe this afternoon, or whenever you're listening, at, at night, just text a friend. Tell them, man, you got to listen to this. Share the link with people that need to, be, to know Jesus and be a, be a person of hope. We tell people is build a personal relationship with your friends with maybe a person at work and somebody new. People want to know, want to feel valued. So we want you to build a personal relationship with people. It's, it's, again, I'm not the guy that wants to be in the street corner with a blowhorn saying turn or burn. I don't really think that helps. But if somebody loves me, if somebody's concerned about me, me and my family, me and what I'm going through, wants to pray for me, man, I'm all I'm down for that. Build a relationship with people. Jesus was extremely relational. You know how he was? From house to house. Get in somebody's house. Not right now. <laughs> and after this whole thing's done, a cup of coffee. Build relationship with people. We tell people, share your story. I've already said it. Share your story. Everybody's got a testimony what Jesus did for you. And then just lastly, we tell people all the time, invite people to church. And I just say, invite people online, right? Invite them online. Invite people on. Like, come on, l l listen to this. You got to hear this. You got to hear about our church. You got to hear about what God's doing here in the South Bay in Chula Vista. Jesus is just too good to keep to yourself. And if you've received that living hope, and you're a person who has received that, and you have found strength in the struggle, He wants you to pass that on to somebody else. The same Lord that saved you wants to save somebody else. And if you're listening this morning and you're far away from God, you don't know God, what would happen if this morning something tragic happened and this was your last day on earth? Do you know where you would spend eternity? I'm not talking about do you, do you hope, do you wish, do you, would you want it so? I'm, I'm asking, do you know 100% based on the truth not based on what somebody says or what you heard 
based on truth. Truth trumps facts because truth never changes. And Jesus Christ is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And my prayer today and the prayer of our church and people that are praying for you over this service is that your heart would be opened right now and that you would embrace this hopeful God. He's a God of comfort. He's a God of peace. He's a God of hope. And he wants to come right now in your home, in your condo, in your car, in your office, wherever you're listening. And he wants to fill your life with his life. And when he comes, he comes with great hope. Would you pray? I'm going to keep my eyes open. What we do here, if you were here in a service, is the same prayer I'm going to pray for you. And I'm asking you if you would pray this prayer with me. The Bible says this is how you begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're away from him. Maybe you've known him. That was my